25th episode of Expressions of a Hairstylist. I am Don, yours truly. I hope you all are well out there. This episode today, I would like to address the invisible question that has been hovering around. It's a little bit of a fog around this question. The fog has been around this question for probably about 23 years. So I'd like to address the invisible question of how can you be pro-Black and service white people? So first, I'd like to say I know and realize the social inequities as well as the systemic injustices in and around the Black community. So let me say that first. I appreciate and acknowledge the work of the shoulders I stand on. The shoulders that were bitten by trained, vicious dogs. The shoulders that were hosed down while simply trying to get to work or to their local market. The shoulders that were chained to the backs of cars and trucks and were drugged until they were dismembered. I am aware of the shoulders that hoped and prayed they didn't see any body hanging from a tree on their way home after dark. I am aware of the marches, the town halls, and the constant ongoing fight for equality and inclusion. I'm aware. This work of those shoulders is what allows me to live, work, dine, and go to school anywhere I choose. Those shoulders. I'm aware of all of the above that I just mentioned. I am more than aware. I promise you I am aware. If you are Black... There is a zero to slim chance. This is just my personal opinion. There is a zero to slim chance that at some point in your life, some point in your life between the ages of one and 101, that you have not experienced some form of racism. Now, whether you choose to recognize it as such, That's completely your choice. But at some point in a Black person's life living in America, you've experienced some form of racism. Case in point, I was in about the first or maybe second grade. I attended a suburban elementary school. Back then, (laughs) by the way, You know you have officially crossed the age line when you start using words like back then or way back then. Anyway, it's kind of like the GPS lady when she says you have arrived. But back then, we had these cabinet coat racks, you know, like they were kind of tall coat racks. Not too tall, not too tall, excuse me, because, you know, we're little boys and little girls. And we would hang our coats in these cabinets and you had a little cubby that you would put your Wonder Woman or Spider-Man or Superman or Miss Piggy or Kermit lunchbox, right? 
So then we had our names on our desks. We had your name tag. You had assigned desks back then. So we all go in the class and we hang up our coats and put up our lunch pail and put your book bag up and get your papers and pencil and everything you're going to need for your school day. Well, the entire class was facing the teacher, except yours truly. My desk was turned and faced, facing the coat racks. And being the kid that I was, number one, I had ADHD. And if you all out there still don't believe ADHD is real, it is very, 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 very real. So I honestly, I was able to look out the window. I was drawing, you know, our desk was turned around. So for whatever reason, that particular day, my mom came to the school. And I was like, oh, there's my mom. So I'm just, there's mommy, you know. So I hear her say, why is her desk turned away from the class? Why is she facing the coat rack? So the teacher began to explain. And before she could say anything, my mom's response was, uh-uh, turn her desk back around now. So the teacher looks at me and says, stand up and turn your desk around. So my mom says, no, you're going to turn her desk around. She's not going to do it. You are. So that was my very first memory of experiencing racism. Have I had ladies clutch their purses as I walked, you know, walk by? Of course I have. Sure I've had. Have I had a cashier ask me to lay the money on the counter? I definitely have. Have I have I had a cashier place the money on the counter even though I handed it to them? Yes, I have. Have I had Caucasian husbands that were married to biracial, multiracial, or black wives encourage them to go to a white service operator? Yes, I have. I've had these incidences and a plethora of more, way too many to even mention. Not one of these negative and hateful incidents has impacted my decision as a business owner to service any and every person from all parts of the world. If they choose to come to my business for their needs, I'm servicing them. I am a business owner as well as an up-and-coming entrepreneur. I had a vision 23 years ago, and now I'm grateful that I get to walk in it. I am running a business just like any other business that patrons walk into. I'm a business owner. Most of us drive a vehicle at some point that will need fuel right? Well, I stand corrected. Hold on one second. For those of you that have flying cars, please disregard that. I, this this is not for you. That's that, that car is in a league of its own. So if your car is flying, please safe air travels, please. For those of you who have an electric car, at some point, you're going to have to charge it. Now, 
from my understanding, it could be weeks, months, maybe even a year later before you have to charge the car. But at some point, you're going to have to find a charging station, right, to charge your car. Well, at some point in someone's life, they will need me to cut, color, braid, curl, and of course, shampoo their hair. As a business owner, I'm skilled, trained, and experienced enough to provide services to every tongue, tribe, and nation. There isn't one person on the planet that I can't service. Now, I may not provide the service that they would like. I don't do Brazilian hair removal. I don't do permanent makeup. I don't do tattoos. There's some services I do not offer, but I certainly can cert- certainly can service them with the with the menu that I have. Regardless of being ridiculed from black people for having this vision, which was disheartening, quite frankly. But regardless, I pushed forward because it was something that I wanted to do, regardless of being ridiculed. They couldn't understand it. They didn't agree with it. You know, they'd say things and I quote, you're not going to make any money when you get out of school. With a straight face. Here's a good one. And I quote, no white person is going to let a black person do their hair. You're stupid. I am? Oh, okay. Here's a good one. Why? And I quote, why are you still up there at that salon? There are no black people that live up there. (laughs) My response, well, let me go see. Let me go see exactly how stupid I will be. Let me go see if I won't make any money. Let me just go see. And even if there aren't any black people that live up there, I can service anyone that lives up there. Doesn't matter who it is. I'm skilled and trained enough to service all that live in the area. There has been some shock as well, you know, from white clients as well, that, you know, they were surprised, quote, boy, you really cut my hair well. I know my hair is different from yours and I wasn't sure if you could do it. It's okay. My response, I'm trained, skilled, and experienced enough to service all textures and types. Thank you for trusting me, and I'm glad that you like your haircut. Listen, people, if you have a vision and you share your vision with someone, please don't expect for them to see your vision. It wasn't given to them. It was given to you. So they're not going to see it. They're not going to understand it. They aren't supposed to see it, really, because it wasn't given to them. It was given to you. Now, I will recommend if you share your vision with someone, that you share it with someone that loves you enough to say, you know what? I don't really know what you're doing. I don't have a clue of what you're talking about. I don't understand it, but. I believe in you and I trust you and I will fully support you along the way, but I have no idea what you're talking about. That's fine. 
Because that person loves you enough to say that they respect you. They respect your vision. Find people that will respect your vision. That's important. Period. They need, even if they don't see it, they don't understand it, they don't agree, they think it's silly, they should still respect it. That shouldn't even be, it shouldn't even be a question about whether or not they respect it. Or just don't share it with them. Don't say anything. You don't really have to. I was only receiving these types of responses because I was the only black student in my cosmetology school. And there's an interesting, um, there's an interesting insert about that in my book, Expressions of a Hairstylist, How to Service the Globe and Bridge a Gap. There's an interesting section on my experience with getting into the cosmetology school that I went to, but I was only receiving this type of these type of questions and these type of responses, you know, when I was in school. And then again, once I got out of school and I graduated and I was ready to go and work, I had to find some place that had the type of diversity that I was expecting. So I found one and it was wonderful. It was great. I stayed busy all the time. It was just a wonderful place to be. I mean, I walk in, I fill out an application, and the next day I'm starting work. I wasn't expecting that. I thought there was going to be, you know, time frame and people have to talk to people and HR and interview and all that. It was, when can you start? Can you start tomorrow? (laughs) And I was like, whoa, okay, sure. Absolute, wonderful, wonderful experience. And I remember here in the city, we have a, we used to have a huge event every October the Quarter Horse Congress. And there were people from all over the world. That was my very first experience with meeting people from everywhere. And they just, can you cut it? Can you cut my hair? We're going to send some girls in the competition. I think they have like some really, a really important competition and they needed updos. They needed color. You name it, they needed it. And it was back-to-back, nonstop, from the time you arrived to the time you were off work. And I loved every moment of it. I loved it. And then, of course, things changed and the whole place closed down. So then I had to find some place else to go. And I did. And it lined up with the vision. So... It's the vision isn't going anywhere. If it's embedded in you, if it's planted in you, if you feel it, if you see it, if it comes back all the time, it's not going anywhere. And I surely hope, I hope listeners, that if you have a vision, I don't care if it's a knife business or you have a grand idea to come up with a new type of plant or new type of tree, if you created a a certain type of paint in your basement. If there is a certain type of rubber that you have developed, if you have a vision to create some special type of lighting, if it is in you and it's constantly there and you can't, it's always there, 
please, please try to find a way to walk into it. There are too many people that had visions and goals and dreams that are no longer here. They took them with them. But they say, what's that saying? The people say in the South that the cemetery is full of talent, full of, of creativity. And it's probably due to someone they decided to share it with someone and that someone talked them out of it or talked them down. And sometimes, sometimes listeners, it may be the people that you love. It may be someone close to you that they don't see it. They don't understand it. They don't agree with it. They think it's stupid. But if it's in you, you still need, I I think I would, suggest, and I should hope that you would go ahead and find a way to birth it. It's yours and it was given to you and they don't have to see it. They'll see it after it's born. Once it's born, that's when they'll get the vision, but the vision is yours. So you don't have to try to convince someone else to do it. So I I hope that you will write it down and you will make it plain and you'll come up with a plan and a goal to bring it, to bring it into fruition. It's important for you to do that because we only have this, you know, we have this one life and we don't want regrets. You don't want to have to say, I should have, could have, I would have, I started to, but I listened to so-and-so and I didn't. So I should hope that you will bring whatever it is that you're looking to do, looking to start, looking to develop into fruition. Not to mention, there's someone somewhere, you probably don't know that they are, but there's someone somewhere who's watching you. Whether it's a niece, a nephew, a godchild, a neighbor, someone's children, someone's growing up looking up to you. There may even someone, some of your peers who may be looking up to you. I look up to a lot of people. I probably have never said it to them, but I, have, I, I do. There are tons of people that I look up to. So people, you know, people sometimes, and then sometimes when you do things, it encourages others to do it as well. So who knows? You're you're encouraging people that you don't know that you are, that you are, excuse me. But, you know, I'm a business owner. You know, I'm a business owner that offers healthy hair care services and suggestions to any and all clients that want to patronize my business. Okay, so maybe you don't have hair. That's fine. You could come in. I'll give you a good scalp shampoo, scalp massage to help release any tension or stress you may be going through. That's fine. There's services for everyone. I can provide that service as well. I am in the business of providing relaxation that accompanies increased levels of self-love and self-confidence. And then I'm going to sandwich it together with positivity and embrace it with laughter. That's that's what I'm here for. Okay, so you don't feel like laughing. You don't want to laugh. That's fine. I'll strive for a chuckle. It helps relieve stress and tension. Not to mention the time that you're in my chair is a time for you to just take a load off, And forget about everything else for just that short period of time to get a recharge so that when you do go back out to do the things that you have to do every day, you can do them 
at, with relaxation and less tension. This is, it's my purpose. It's my mission. And of course, it's my responsibility as your hair care specialist. That's what I'm here for, for you to come in. And if you have something on your chest and I can listen, I'm here to listen. Not judgmental with positivity to try to give back to you. So now that we have cleared the fog surrounding the question, how can you be pro-Black and service white people? Yes, I am pro-Black. And yes, I'm a business owner with a diverse clientele. Diverse meaning white, Black, Asian, Indian, Puerto Rican, Hawaiian, Venezuelan, Czechoslovakian, Malaysian, European, Canadian, any human being on the planet that has hair, a scalp, eyebrows, ears for ear piercing, I'm here to service you. I am a diverse, healthy hair stylist. So thank you for listening today, listeners. If you have any questions, concerns, or comments, you can reach me at healthyhairbydon at gmail.com. Miss Oscar 2021 on Instagram. Remember, be well, be at peace, be inspired, stay inspired, and pass the inspiration along to someone else. Till next time.